0: Please turn with me to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. I haven't decided what title to give uh, this message yet, but I pray by the end of the message, we will have the perfect title for it. Isaiah chapter 25, and we're going to read verse 1 and verse 4 Isaiah 25 verse 1 and verse 4 and I am reading from the New King James Version Isaiah is speaking to the Lord or rather praying and he says O Lord you are my God I will exalt you I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. And in verse 4 he says, For you have been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat, for the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall These words of scripture from the book of Isaiah are some of the most of my most beloved verses anyway To me they speak volumes because they reveal the heart and the nature of our heavenly Father through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ The Lord is our strength And many of us, all of us at one time or another, have experienced the strength of God in our time of need and in our time of distress. He is our refuge from the storm that life often presents us. And he is also a shade from the scorching heat of life's trials and various challenges. As a believer in Christ, this is my testimony. I have lived in the comfort of the Lord's presence and I have tasted his goodness and his loving kindness all the years that I have walked with him. I have drunk from the fountain of his love till my soul was completely satisfied. He has quenched my thirst for purpose and meaning in life, and he has filled my emptiness with his presence and his glory. I have drawn from his strength countless of times in my times of distress, and personally I have found refuge and shade beneath the shadow of his wings." Words often fail me to describe what I know, how I feel, and what I have experienced in the Lord on this journey of love and faith with Him. All of the knowledge I have gained in the Lord and all of the experiences I have had have served well to bring me to the place where I am today. The love of God, which I have been a recipient of, has shaped me as a person and inspired me to want to be like him. And I'm sure if you have tasted the love of God at any time, that very love that God should have brought in our hearts is the key or the inspiration or the power of that wants us to be like him in this world. Representing the Lord Jesus means that we, as the body of Christ, become what Isaiah has described concerning the Lord, concerning his nature, and concerning his character. He says that the Lord is strength to the poor, and he is strength to the needy in the distress. He is also a refuge from the storm, and he's also a shade from the heat. The Apostle Paul, writing to the believers of his generation, said something so profound that we might need a little help to grasp or to believe. Listen to what the Apostle John said in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. 1 John 4:17. he said, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Did you hear that? As he is, so are we in this world. The way God is, so are we to be in this world. The way Jesus is, so are we to be in this world. How is the Lord Jesus in this world? Well, the word of God says he's full of compassion. He's full of mercy. He's full of love. He's full of forgiveness. He's full of grace. He is strength to the poor and the needy in the distress. He is the refuge from the storm and a shield and a shade or shield from the heat. John the Apostle says in one John four sixteen, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. The love of God has empowered the believer. And through the Spirit, the Father has enabled us to be like Jesus to a dying and a broken world. This is our purpose. If you ever wonder what your purpose is as a disciple of Christ, this is your purpose. And this is the reason for our existence. Peter says in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are to proclaim Peter says the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Well, How do we practically do this? How do we proclaim his praises? Isaiah 25 verse 4, the verse that we just read, gives us a clue. By being all those things Isaiah chapter 25 verse 4 describes. By representing the nature and the loving kindness of our heavenly Father to a dying world. Our purpose as a church of the Lord Jesus Christ is to be there for the poor, to provide strength to the poor, he says, and the needy in the distress. We are here to provide a place of refuge from the storms of life, and we are also here to provide adequate covering for those who see the need to be covered and sheltered in the Lord. As a people of God, we are here to provide comfort, encouragement, hope, strength, and a shade from the scorching trials of life. And for those of us who have tasted the goodness of the Lord, we are now called upon by the Lord to become the goodness of the Lord and give to others that which we have received from the Lord. The scripture says that when Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion because they were wearied, scattered like sheep having no shepherd. He then turned to the disciples and he said, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest, To send out laborers into his harvest. You know as we look around us. As we look at the broken world. There has never been a time before. When there are so many in distress. So many wearied from the storms and the trials of life. So many broken lives. Broken marriages. I see the Lord turning once again to his disciples in this generation to you and I and he's asking us to pray and ask the Lord to send forth laborers into his harvest because he says the needs are so great but the laborers are few and I believe if we have not done so it's time to lift our eyes away from ourselves onto the harvest fields and be the kind of people that Jesus taught us to be. In commissioning his disciples, Jesus said to them in John 13 and verse 14, he says, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Notice what Jesus said, As I have done to you, go and do unto others. What have you received from the Lord? What have I received from the Lord? Comfort. Go and comfort others. Encouragement. Encourage others. Love. Go and love on others. It is important, though, to notice the order in which the Lord sent his disciples, or rather the order that he set for the disciples before sending them out. The first thing he told them to do is to pray to the Lord of the harvest. This is very important. We must never underestimate the value and the power of prayer on behalf of others. I personally believe that the greater rewards will go to the prayer warriors. And these are the hidden warriors who pray behind the scenes who invest their time, their energy in interceding on behalf of others. It is through prayer that we are prepared and equipped to go because as we pray, God prepares us both mentally, financially, spiritually, emotionally, and he equips us in the place of prayer. When we pray, I have discovered by the revelation of the spirit that we engage in the spirit with the people we are destined to reach and minister to that happens as we pray for them not only are we prepared and equipped to go through prayer but we also prepare those we are praying for to receive us and to receive what we have to share with him through prayer we become the answer to their cry and we become their strength in their time of need. Through prayer, we also create an invisible shield for them and we become a place of refuge as we offer them the shade of God's presence. We speak into the innermost needs and through our ministry, we attract them the ministry of prayer, we attract them supernaturally to the Lord. And I believe that the battle is always won in the place of prayer. Victory is obtained in the prayer closet even before we get to them. In going to them, we are merely delivering that which we have received while we pray for them. Whether it be words of wisdom words of encouragement, whether it be healing and deliverance for them, it is always received, not when we go, when we pray for them. In going, we are simply delivering that which we have received from the Lord on their behalf. I seriously doubt whether we have fully understood or grasped the purpose or the benefits of prayer when we begin to pray for other people. James says, in James 5, verse 16, the Amplified says, The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available and dynamic in its working. The New Living Translation says it this way, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Jesus our Lord followed this pattern as you will see in the scriptures throughout his ministry. Take a look at with me please Mark's Gospel chapter 1 and we read from verse 35. This was the Lord's pattern in ministry while here on earth. Mark 1 verse 35. Now in the morning having risen a long while before daylight He went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Notice what happens next. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. But he said to them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. And he was preaching in the synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. Notice, he prayed first and then he went. He prayed and everyone was out looking for him. Like a magnet, he attracted people to him through his powerful prayer. This is the pattern we need to follow. And this is the pattern the Lord Jesus gave us. Many have gone out without praying first and praying diligently and praying long enough and they met with failure and disappointment. I believe that the number one cause in failing to minister effectively to others is a lack of prayer on their behalf. I want to encourage you today to target in prayer the people you want to influence for christ write their names down and target them especially those whom the spirit lays upon your heart pray for them and pray fervently and regularly until you are released to go and do something for them the things i'm sharing with you today are the very things I have learned many years ago as I reached out to my community, the Greek community in Masvingo, Zimbabwe, where we lived. This is how I began my ministry long before I became a preacher. I wasn't always a preacher. I was a businessman. I was a believer, a disciple of Christ. I was just a young disciple in the Lord. I had been born again and received the Holy Spirit for only a few months. The Spirit would impress my heart with certain people in our community for whom I prayed regularly for. I was burdened with them. As I fellowshiped with them, as the community uh, organized certain events and we would get together, the Spirit supernaturally would impress or burden my heart with certain individuals from that community and I prayed. No one told me to pray for them but the Spirit touched my heart and led me to pray and pray regularly for them. I recall in prayer I would receive instructions as to what to do. Some were old and lonely while others were sick. I recall an elderly couple needed help with their bookkeeping. They owned a store but the man or the, the husband or the wife were not able to actually do their books and and they had a, and they had a great need there. And I recall as then as that need became evident, my wife stepped in and met that need and I believe that was an answer to prayer on their behalf. Another person was sickly, he was lonely and all he needed was someone to visit him, someone to show him some love and care and talk to him. He was sitting on a chair most of the time with without anybody visiting him from from the community. And I was there visiting him every week on Saturday afternoon. I recall I would close the store at one o'clock, go home, have lunch with the family. And then go into prayer for about an hour and then I would get into my car and go and sit with him and and just talk to him, visit with him. As they allowed me to get close to them, I recall I led them to the Lord and I kept encouraging them in the Lord. They in turn began to talk to their friends and they shared with them about my visits and they shared with them about the care that I showed them. As the numbers grew, I continued to pray, asking the Lord. I recall that so clear like it was yesterday. I got concerned because there were, there were about seven, eight people. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, help me. Which church do I take them to? Remember, these were Orthodox people. They're very wary of, of foreigners, wary of foreign religions. So the Lord said, no, you give them to eat. You don't have to take them to any church. You feed them. You shepherd them. You give them water to drink, spiritually speaking, out of their own cup. You become their church. And you give them refuge and and shade. I protested. I protested and I said, Lord, I'm not equipped to do this. I haven't been to Bible school. I'm just a young believer. But in prayer, again, the Lord spoke to me from his word. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. You know, before I realized, I had a group of people who looked to me for teaching and encouragement. I stepped out in faith and I began to give them or minister to them what I received from the Lord while I prayed for them. I became a place of refuge for them, a channel of encouragement, a channel of hope. Why am I sharing these things with you? Why am I sharing these experiences with you? For the purpose of encouraging you to step out and do the same. To step out by faith and do the same. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a pastor to do this. All you need is love for God and love for the people that God placed in your path, in your sphere of influence. And remember, you are not alone in this. The Lord is with you and he will help you to touch the life of someone and make a difference in someone else's life. Believe me, there is no greater joy than leading someone to the Lord. There's no greater joy than helping someone become a disciple in the word of God. Tremendous joy. The scripture says in Proverbs 11, verse 30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise. I'm going to read that verse again. Proverbs 11, verse 30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. What a beautiful verse. Those who turn many to righteousness, they will shine like the stars forever and ever in the kingdom of our God. We need to take our eyes off of ourselves if we're going to do this, off of our problems and put them onto the harvest fields. We need to say to the Lord, here I am, Lord, send me. Avoid being someone who always receives but never gives out. Don't be like that. Become a giver in every sense of the word. Give of your time. Give of your talents. Give of your resources and continue to pour out. The more you pour, the more you will have. The more you give the more you receive. And that, that doesn't apply just in the financial area. It applies in the spiritual realm as well. Look for opportunities to serve. Look for empty, for needy vessels and pour into them and watch the Lord take you to places you have not been before. You will experience things you have not experienced before. You're going to see things you have not seen before. And this is what the life of the Christian should be like. Caring for others because Jesus cared enough for you and I to save us from ourselves, from our sin, and from the hand of all of our enemies. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 25, beginning with verse 35. He says, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to see me. Then the righteousness will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and came to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. I encourage you to do that. Find someone outside your family, not just anyone, but one whom the Lord lays upon your heart and love on them. Show practical care identify some need in their lives as you pray for them and become an answer to their cry. And I believe as a church of the Lord Jesus Christ, most of us have become far too inwardly focused to the point of being obsessed with ourselves, our issues and our own welfare and our own comfort. As a result, we are drying out spiritually. And instead of being flowing rivers of life, we have become swamps of stagnant waters. May the Lord change our attitude and as we give ourselves to prayer and to the service of the Lord. Believe me, I know no other way in which we become more Christ like, I know no other way in which we can grow spiritually than to give ourselves in serving those who are within our sphere of influence. Not only that, when you give yourself to the service of others, you forget about yourself and about your problems. And while you work on somebody else's problem, God is busy working on your problems. And that's what I found out. A number of years ago, I want to share this testimony with you because because it, it, it communicates that which I'm trying to communicate to you. A number of years ago, more than 15 years ago, I would say, while meditating in the Word and enjoying the presence of the Lord, I sensed a gentle rebuke from the Holy Spirit as he whispered to my heart, and he said something like this. He said, son, I taught you how to use your faith. I said, yes, Lord, you did. And as a result, he said, you've experienced blessing after blessing in your own life, in your own family, as a result of what I taught you, how to use your faith. But then he said something like this. He said, the faith that I've given you, must also be used on the behalf of others as well, and not just for yourself. Believe me, that was a low blow. It was was a rebuke, but God is so gentle when he rebukes you. And at that time, when the Lord shared these words with me, the Lord brought to my mind a fellow pastor, and he was part of, and he's still part of our fellowship on Friday mornings. He was, at that time, I recall, 15 years ago, he was really struggling financially because his church went through a, 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 a division. There was a split in his church, and many, many people left the, the church. And he was really struggling financially. And I recall he was driving an old car that left him on the road many times. And the Lord brought him to mind. And right there and then, inspired by the Spirit, I lifted up my hands and began to pray for this pastor. And I prayed and believed that God would bless him with a new car. And so, um, in prayer, While I was praying another time for him after a few days, the Lord gave me a vision. And in the vision I saw, that's why I say to you, when you engage yourself in prayer on behalf of others, you're opening up the door for God to speak to you on behalf of others. And I saw a vision, and in the vision I saw clearly That the arm, one of the arms of his church, the financial arm, and you know as a church we have a spiritual arm as a body of Christ and we have a financial arm. And we cannot do one without the other. Both are important and both are necessary. But the financial arm of his church was withered away and it was dry and it was not effective, was not producing. And I called him and I shared the vision and he said to me, Andrea, would you mind coming to minister at our church and preach on this subject? So I went. And I ministered not only in the vision, not only did the Lord show me the problem, but he also gave me the solution. So I brought the word that will heal and restore the financial arm of the church. And believe me, within a couple of weeks, the pastor was driving a brand new car fully paid for and that's how i used my faith to help him that same pastor after a few months his daughter was in trouble she went into drugs and she was in a terrible state and i recall they were sharing this with me and and they were saying what a, what a, what a struggle they were having with one of the daughters the youngest daughter she rebelled and she went into drugs it was a a really a, a source of pain in their lives and as i began to pray for them god put on my heart to share with them and to encourage them to go away and fast for a couple of days i i uh, i rented a place and i sent them out there and i said there it is you don't have to pay anything you just go there you fast and you pray and i will fast and pray with you on behalf of your daughter and sure enough the three of us fasted and in a matter of a few weeks the daughter agreed to go into a rehab and now she's on fire for the Lord and she's been on fire for many years now and serving the Lord together with her parents I want to share with you that I'm sharing this with you because when you engage the lord in the ministry of prayer praying for others you open up the door for god to show you dreams and visions to give you words of knowledge to give you words of wisdom to give you dis- that's when the gifts of the spirit become in operation and god begins to show you things in order to become an answer to their problem or an answer to the cry of their hearts. And I've experienced many, many situations like this where God would speak to me and give me a word of wisdom for the people I'm praying for. It could be a word of encouragement. It could be a solution to the problems. But you will never experience that unless you engage God in prayer not just for yourself and your family folks but for others for those whom God has placed in your path for those whom God touches your heart with a burden and you begin to pray for them and I encourage you to do that now that's all I wanted to share with you but I wanted to encourage you that the purpose and the, and, the, and the reason why we're here is to become what God is to the people in this world, to the people in our influence. A refuge, a strength, an encouragement, hope in, a, in the hopeless situations. We shelter them as we pray for them. We shield them with an invisible shield that is spiritual, that is unseen when we engage in prayer. And so in closing, I want us to pray, and I want you to pray this prayer from your heart. That that you become not just a consumer, but you become someone who is a giver, is a server, and he begins to give what you have received from the Lord. Amen? Can we pray? Can we Ask the Lord to do something in our way of thinking and change our attitude to the point where we say, Lord, here I am. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray in the name of Jesus and we ask that you would open our eyes to see that the harvest fields are ready. The need is great. And we pray and ask that you would send forth laborers, Lord, into your harvest fields. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Here we are as a ministry, as a fellowship. And we cry out to you, Lord. Here we are. Send us. Show us where to go, to whom to go, and what to do, and how to do it. We ask this.